Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I'm flying solo today. So I've been on the road. I've been traveling, and so I've been a little behind on talking about some of these games and putting out some of these episodes. But I just wanted to quickly talk about the two games that happened last week, the Nuggets game and the Lakers game. Both wins, both at home in Oracle, no, in, at Chase Center. I first have to say that it was weird. I don't know if it was weird for you, but it was weird for me to see people in seats, like human bodies, not cardboard cutouts, but human bodies sitting behind the Warriors bench and having like the, the bench kind of sitting next to each other instead of having all that space and then wrapping around the baseline and everything. It's awesome. I hope it stays that way. I hope it all sticks. Just another step in the direction of normalcy. And let's all just hope it keeps going in that direction. And while I was on the road, I was trying to figure out League Pass, NBA League Pass, trying to figure out if I should get it through the app or if I should get it through something like YouTube TV. If by chance any of y'all have a recommendation on which one is better, just feel free to ping me on Twitter or shoot me on email or wherever you can find me and let me know because I would love some firsthand knowledge and advice. Anyway, on to the game. The Nuggets game just showed me what we all saw in the first game, that the Warriors have legitimate depth this year as opposed to last year. They just have NBA bodies at every position up and down the roster. We don't have to rely on Brad Wanamaker, Kelly Oubre, Michael Mulder, who probably won't even make the full-time roster, Nico Mannion. I'm still on Mannion Island, but... He was young, inexperienced. Alan Smilagic, we don't have him either. So I talked about this already after the first preseason game, but they got depth. It's all promising, right? Like legitimately, you're not looking and saying, oh, uh, let's see what G-Leaguer can we put into this game to get major minutes and dig us out of this hole while we get Steph and Draymond rest. You know, my friend Aram commented to me that how could I forget Damian Lee, (laughs) all caps, Damian Lee. I just did, (laughs) you know, like there was so much chatter about all the young guys and then all the new guys that they're bringing in and bringing in Iguodala and Jordan Poole's transcendence and everything that I just kind of forgot about him. But D. Lee got some run against the Nuggets and he looked good. You know, he is very, very useful when he doesn't have to do too much. I mean, he's a solid, decent player. I think as like the ninth, 10th, 11th guy off the bench, I mean, he had a ton of experience playing major minutes last season. So that will just help him and the squad moving forward if he needs to play more minutes or if you just need another three point shooter out there. A couple of things I noticed during the Nuggets game during a timeout, Andre Godala whispering to Moses Moody before going to the game in the fourth quarter or see him joking around and talking to James Wiseman and Jordan Poole. That makes me feel good because that is exactly why you want Andre on this roster. Yes, all the stuff on court, leadership, adult in the room, knows how to play, Hamptons 5, death lineup, all that stuff. But talking to these young guys, man, like this is where we're going to see probably like one of his greatest, greatest contributions to this roster. And we won't see necessarily a direct correlation until someone in the organization 
or at practice says so, but you know it's going to be there. So those moments, I'm like, hell yes. I did like Jonathan Kaminga coming after Bull Bull in that game. He was just aggressive. Like I love the fact that he sees this tall, crazy, long-limbed guy, and he just went after him on both ends of the court. And I thought that was encouraging. He wants to go after you. Like I've said before, he wants to just mash the ball on your head. And it's awesome having a guy like that. Unfortunately, he tweaked his knee. He tweaked his knee. Uh, Second year in a row, our top draft pick has had a preseason issue. And that kind of sucks. Luckily, it's not a huge deal, but it seems like it'll keep him out of the rest of the preseason. So hopefully he gets to hang out with, uh, you know, James Wiseman and talk shop or something, which leads me to a question like, and maybe I'll explore this in depth at some other point in time. Is there an Oakland curse? Is there? Things have not gone well since the Golden State Warriors moved back to San Francisco. And technically like that last game, at Oracle where they lost, where game six, Clay tore his ACL and they lost the finals and where they closed out Oracle with a ginormous L. So you lose Clay, you lose the finals as a kind of send off to Oakland. And of course you lose KD before that. Then you lose Steph at the beginning of the 2019 season. It's a lost season. And then you lose Clay again to the Achilles. You draft Wiseman and he has kind of a star crossed <laughs> season to say the least. And now Kaminga tweaks his knee. Yes, maybe I'm just making stuff up, but, you know, injuries happen, yeah. But it's just something to keep your eye on. Like, fingers crossed, nothing crazy happens this year that would just derail everything and all the optimism and all the plans going forward. But maybe there's a longer conversation someday about that. Not right now. And then watching the Lakers game, Juan Toscano-Anderson, after having kind of a you know, clunky first game of the preseason. He's looking good. I mean, I've always thought of him as kind of a hybrid between late career, Andre Godala, Draymond, and Sean Livingston. Basically glue guys, smart basketball IQ guys who always made the right play and can play tough defense and facilitate for the shooters on this team, for the scorers. It's crazy to me that we have him and then we have Andre Godala also on the team. And that's another guy that Andre could probably impart some of his wisdom to. So I think that's another positive. And if JTA, if he can hit his threes, I mean, everybody's saying he was working super hard all offseason long on that. If he can hit his threes, man, you don't expect him to hit threes. So that's just going to be a huge bonus right? Like he started hitting them towards the end of last season. And if he's improved at all, which, I mean, that's another dude who can shoot threes. And in terms of the threes, I mean, legit, like look at this roster of guys who can hit from deep. You have Steph, you have Jordan Poole, you have Otto Porter, you have Nemanja Bielitsa, Damian Lee, you have Andrew Wiggins, Moses Moody, JTA, And then you have Clay Thompson coming back eventually. So there's going to be a lot of threes being shot by your Golden State Warriors this season. And, you know, it is great to see this team finally have a ton of three-point shooters again. It's fitting considering that this is the team led by Steph and Clay that changed the game in terms of shooting threes. So other teams had surpassed them and they had a bunch of guys who 
really weren't good from outside and now they do. So in that respect, all is right with the world. And, and no one's talking about this yet, but like, if I'm James Wiseman, I am just licking my chops. I am super eager, working my butt off to get back onto the court because with all these shooters, he's going to be open for lobs, for drives, for post-ups. It's going to be kind of insane. And I think with his simplified role, if he just goes with the flow and takes what the defense gives, he's going to have a redeeming year. He may not be able to show his whole arsenal, his whole bag, but he's going to get his. I mean, we're already seeing people leave Steph guarded one-on-one. And in some cases, we've seen him left open. I mean, there was a play where Otto Porter Jr. got the ball on the wing in the corner and two guys ran at him and Steph was open, like wide open, no one around him. And you just never saw that last year. So throw in a seven foot, seven one, super athletic young center. And there's a lot you could do with that. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And Jordan Poole, man, that dude continues to impress. I know so many people, myself included, that just thought he was a lost cause that he was just another wasted first round pick. And I mean, there's people that'll pipe up and say like, Oh, I knew the whole time, but yeah, don't trust those people because Jordan Poole wasn't showing like a a skill really, you know, and credit to all the work. Remember he was not a good shooter his rookie year and he was supposed to have been a shooter. So good on him for really getting that down and learning how to also do something with the ball quickly not sit there and hold it, not just dribble it, but move it, shoot it, make a move, do something. And I think that is huge because he has such a interesting herky-jerky way of uh, playing. It's kind of like CJ McCollum. I mean, that's a comp that we've all talked about before. Another comp, though, is Jordan Clarkson, right? Like Because I think the comp is that Clarkson is a basically a microwave scorer off the bench. But I think Jordan Poole can actually be better than Jordan Clarkson, just in terms of efficiency. Poole doesn't come off to me as a pure chucker or ball hog or numbers guy, whereas Clarkson, you know, in the past, he has been that. And that's kind of still in his basketball DNA. I feel like Jordan Poole has learned the game, obviously, in this Warriors system. So he does not do that. And I think the greater efficiency will obviously make him a more 
valuable player down the line. So I'm really curious to see how he develops. And who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe this is blasphemous. May, but, but just hear me out. But maybe in a year or two, hey, maybe Clay Thompson, maybe eventually he, if you want to go with the Spurs analogy, maybe he kind of does the Manu Ginobili and comes off the bench towards the latter part of his career. You know, pool starts, Clay comes off the bench, etc. You know what I mean? Maybe it's early, but the pieces could be in place for something like that. Obviously, on the defensive end, Jordan Poole probably will never, ever do or get close to what Clay could do, just even because Jordan Poole is like, what, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and Clay is 6'7". But on the offensive end, it could happen. I could see it. You know, if all things worked out down the road, if the Warriors and Clay can come to an agreement after his current contract in a couple of years, but whatever, that's a lot of hypotheticals and a lot of conjecture. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but Otto Porter Jr. and Jordan Poole, I mean, Clay and Steph have quick releases, but those two guys, they get the ball off really, really quickly. So I kind of like that. I like that because the ball is just going to hit them in the hands and it's going to go up. And I think that's important, especially if both of them can hit at decent clips. And Moses Moody, man, like that guy looked good at the end of the Lakers game. I know he hasn't played in the first three quarters of any of the games, and he hasn't played with any of the Warriors stars or starters, really. But he is, as advertised, he is that dude. And <laughs> that's kind of awesome. Just a guy who can shoot from the wing, shoot spot up, play smart team defense, use those long 6'11 arms, make the right play. They were wanting to draft that kind of guy and they thought they did and it looks like they did so i mean just to have another one of those dudes down the bench is crazy to me and don't get me wrong like unless there's blowouts like i don't think moody and jonathan kaminga are going to see that many minutes you'll probably see moody more often depending on injuries but like you know i feel like jta and d lee are probably going to be the guys who take those minutes and those are the guys that Kaminga and Moody will have to kind of usurp and everything and they will get minutes in some games because of development and how Steve Kerr likes to play dudes on the bench and just keep them ready and all that jazz something that Phil Jackson used to do for the 90s Chicago Bulls you also notice like there's a lot of different kinds of lineups the Warriors could probably trot out there uh, at the end of the first half they went with JTA Avery Bradley, Draymond Green, Otto Porter Jr., and Kevon Looney. That's a pretty defensive lineup. I mean, it may not be the quickest, most athletic lineup, but there's some defensive know-how, some defensive intensity, some savvy, and I'm very curious to see situations this season in which Steve Kerr would roll that out. There's just a lot of variety. You don't have to, like I said before, like you're not weighing like, oh, I should, should I put in Brad Wanamaker or Nico Mannion? But yeah, man, this roster is deep. <laughs> I talked about this after the first game and yeah, I mean, it's exciting. There's a lot of storylines here, a lot of guys to watch. I mean, we weren't all super excited about following and tracking Brad Wanamaker's progress last season. But for this team, yeah, there's a lot of dudes who are going to be fun to watch. That being said, a few more games left in the preseason, so we'll see how that goes. 
Oh, and one thing on the Lakers. I think the Lakers, obviously, the season rides or dies on whether Anthony Davis can stay healthy. He's the most important person on that team for their success. Not LeBron, not Russ. I mean, don't get me wrong, all those dudes are important. But, like, Anthony Davis is a 28-year-old dude in his prime. So if he's not around, that would force like all the older dudes to shoulder way more of the load than they actually should. But beyond AD, I think it's really important to see how their young guys perform. Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, THT, because they're going to be the ones who get minutes that will relieve the old dudes. And there's a lot of old dudes. It'll relieve the old dudes of a lot of wear and tear of having to come back in and clean up and finish off games. If those young guys can hold it down, if they can run around, play some defense, be difficult for other teams to chase, there are dudes you could put in who won't play super, super slow like a bunch of old guys. But we'll see. I mean, they give energy, shooting, defense. If they're consistent, then the Lakers have a better chance. This has been another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com, and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.